When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Yes, welcome to another blockbuster week of Off The Bench. I'm Jason Matthews. Joining me in the Off The Bench studio is the great man, the grand final hero Stop it. of 2003. I'm just copying what you say to everyone you meet for the first are time. Are we live? Can we start again? No, we are live, yes. Sorry, mate, we can't do that. Uh, Scott Sattler, hello, mate. Hey, Woogie, and listeners as well. And um, interesting weekend, and all the attention I think is taken away from the rugby league because of co- the Olympics have started. And a lot of my friends, they say to me, I'm not so excited about these Olympics because there's no crowds. Well, when I remind them that they're actually not going to be there, it doesn't matter as long as we get to watch um, watch the, the all the different events. And what a way to start the Olympics. The Australian Socceroos. Ollie Roos. Ollie Roos beating Argentina 2-0. That is just a massive boil over, and it's just a great shot of confidence for for Australia leading into these Olympics. Yeah, it's uh, that was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be like with our crowds. We'll talk about the Olympics uh, soon, but I, I just don't know. I, I just I don't like sports with no crowd. I just yeah. You know what's going to be interesting, Jason, and our one of our colleagues, Mark Braybrook, who calls NRL Nation for us. He he made a good comment. He actually said. There's a lot of people in world sports who are used to just thriving off the emotion and the wave of the of the crowd and the noise and yeah. the, that are going to find out whether they can compete in those in those situations. Now the Ollie Roos were fantastic against Argentina, but Argentinian and South Americans and oh. where they play overseas, they're used to playing in these massive in front of these massive crowds, these huge yeah. stadiums, and all of a sudden to be able to play in front of nobody. Yeah. It's a completely different space yeah, emotionally that they've yeah. got to try and find. So, so that, that means where a lot could, of the Australian athletes, they're, they're sort of used to – At the moment, yeah. Yeah, they're That's sort of used really to being point. in yeah. front of empty stadiums. So it could be the Olympics of upsets. It may be. Yeah. It may be. Interesting. Um, there's some big news around the NRL. Appy Coruscant, we'll get to that soon. Ricky Stewart uh, joins the show. Caught up with you and Badge. Of course, Badge an old teammate mm. uh, of, of Ricky's. And I like how he drops his guard – Ricky, when he's around Badge, Badge, he sort of forgets he's doing an interview. Yeah, and just he talks naturally. He's a yeah, he's a tremendous guy. Interesting insight into life inside the bubble, as a coach yep. of a rugby league team, and the relationship that is existing twenty four seven with his players. And it's it's really interesting. I want you to listen out for this because it's actually really interesting insight and when to be a coach and when to switch off. And it's not overcoach. Not overcoach. When you've got the players yeah. at twenty four seven um under your tutelage, that you just you don't overburn them with, with too much information. And and also, Jace, what's interesting also is as a coach, doesn't matter how experienced you are no coaches have been in this situation ever before. Mm. They've got to find a new coaching method mm. that they're not used to. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting chat. And we spoke to him too before his uh, round 19 victory over the Eels, and which was a great, exciting game, we'll, and we'll review that clash uh, real soon. But uh, right now, let's get into this. Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week. 
The Appy Coruscant allegations uh, just keep growing. Uh, Sats, apparently he invited a female into the New South Wales Blues camp. This is before it moved to Kingscliff ahead yes. of game two. On two occasions, um, apparently, uh, I, I don't know, is it public knowledge about contact with the wife and something like that well, as well? Apparently his wife is aware of it. Of where, and, these, and these are the allegations that are being made at the moment um, across all formats and – uh, it's getting very messy, very ugly. That uh, Appy, of course, didn't play in game one or game two. Part of the squad uh, was conversing with a, a young lady on uh, social media, uh, two platforms of social media, and uh, invited, like you said, into the camp on two occasions. Was planning to meet her in the third occasion, but then the Jai Arrow situation broke, and um, and that was called off. There was therefore contact made with Appy's wife. Um, and not knowing, or his partner, I should say, and not knowing who made that contact. But in saying that, um, I anticipate that Appy will receive uh, quite a big sanction over this uh, monetary-wise and also um, suspension off the field. And uh, I think and I think so he should. And, and is it is it worse than the Jai Arrow incident? Uh, it's, it's not worse. It's not better. It's the same. I know Jai Arrow came clean and gave himself up and said, yep, I've – I've breached the integrity of the game and the, the protocols around COVID, whatever it may be. But they've both they've both spat in the face of the NRL, um, their coaches, state of origin, and the governments as well, and, and, and the fans. And people who actually don't follow rugby league as well could be affected invariably by this. Small businesses could be affected. There is so much mm. that not only rugby league players, but people in the community and the decisions that are making that are putting people in a vulnerable situation. And and, and I think that's where you've got to be so careful because the public, us, are getting a bit sick of this. I mean, you and I are very lucky because we get to work during this whole COVID situation, but there's so many people, so many people who can't because their businesses have been shut down because of restrictions and whatever, okay? And yet these guys who are lucky enough to continue to do what they love um, where governments are, are moving rules to, to, to fit them in so that it can continue, some of these players just don't respect the situation they're in. Well, that's the thing, Jason. There are a lot of people, and we're trying not to get too political here, but there are a lot of people sitting well, back It's not, saying, not about politics yeah, at all. But, but you know, I suppose so, why are we getting too serious in a show where we want to talk about sport and the Olympics and how great sport is? But, you know, this is a situation where people are saying to me, I've had people say to me, but hang on a sec. You know, he's no different than anyone else in the community. Well, he is because he's getting special exemptions mm. to be able to play the game and still get his full pay. And, again, it's we are in a bubble, but as a rugby league player, you actually live inside this this space in your mind where you think everything outside Another of bubble. You, yeah, you, th- <laughs> you live in this other emotional bubble where you yeah. feel as though everything outside of your immediate world doesn't exist. And uh, unfortunately, Appy Coruscant, who plays for the club that I love, the Penrith Panthers, I've got to say, Appy, you've disappointed me. And I think there's a lot of fans that would be disappointed. There are some that are saying, oh, it happened in Origin, it was a month ago, forget about it. No, that's not the point. The point is you've got to make an example. And I feel as though that Appy probably deserves to spend a considerable amount of time on the sideline. Well, Jai Arrow got two, two weeks. I think Appy, I think Appy, because one, he was this was uncovered, he didn't come forward yeah, it was and disclose. Hidden. It was hidden, yep. And it happened on two occasions. It was looking to happen on a third occasion. And again, it's going to be based on the evidence, the text messages that have gone back and forth between three parties here. 
I wouldn't surprise me if Appy is heavily sanctioned for anywhere up to $50,000 and maybe four weeks on the sideline. And if these allegations are true, spare a thought for his wife and kids. I mean, <laughs> that, that's a whole different level. Exactly. And, that's and, another and, argument altogether. And it's just, yeah, there's nothing good in this. And I just, I just hope that someone is going to get – it's going to stop and they're going to get the message and go, you can't do this anymore – because you know what? They're going to shut the game down. These governments are going to go, that's it. We can't trust you. Mm. We're, not, we're not putting our states at risk. We can't trust you anymore. And it'll come. It'll come if it keeps going on. I mean, Volandis is doing a great job keeping the game going along with, uh, with Andrew Abdo. They must be sitting there going, guys, what aren't you getting? Mm. What, what don't There's you understand about this? professional sportsmen and women that aren't too bright yep. when it comes to following protocol, even without – even without COVID and the biosecurity rules that we've got at the moment, they're just not smart at following protocol. But Appy Coruscant is yeah, – he's been a clean skin his whole life. I know. This I is know. what's disappointing, that he's not a, he's not a repeat offender. Yeah. So, you know, I hope he looks down the barrel and he – first and foremost, he'd be apologising <laughs> deeply to his, his partner and his, his family. Well, I hope he can sort all that out I hope as well. he can. I hope yeah. he apologises um, directly to the, to the fans and the game as well. Round 20 and 21 of the NRL sats has been updated. Includes games, and I think we talked about this last week, going to Mackay, Redcliffe and Rocky in a, and a mini magic round at Suncorp. I, I noticed my Mighty Bunnies will be playing in uh, Rocky next weekend or the weekend after, which is, which is great news. So the, the magic round at Suncorp concerns me because the rugby union really ripped up Suncorp last yeah. week. Yeah. So it really needs a rest. I love it that we're going to go to some of the regional parts. Redcliffe has got a great boutique stadium for, for and a great leagues club. Yeah, and, for, for that level of of a game, it's 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 you wouldn't be able to do it every week at Redcliffe, but just for these one off games, it's perfect. Well, the Mackay, uh, Brisbane Brisbane Raw actually based there. They did this yeah. year, didn't they? Mackay's got a beautiful stadium, Sen- sensational. Yeah, Brown Park at Rockhampton needs a lot of work, but in saying that, it's a it's a real rugby league heartland. It's an area that I believe is getting lost to rugby league, so they well, need. They need a touch of rugby league up there. I, I totally agree with you there, and I know this flies in the face of what you do because you are on the you are on the bid for the one of the NRL teams in in Brisbane. I would love to see an NRL team based in Central Queensland, and because it is such a heartland. Don't know whether there's money there. I don't know whether the facilities there. I don't know, but I, it would be. It, they need more rugby league, and and maybe teams like the Titans who struggle to attract mm. a crowd. They should take some of their games to places like Rocky where they'll get a full crowd. They'll get the support of the local government. Well, the Gold Coast for a couple of years took, took some games to Gladstone. Yeah, they and did. And really, it had really good feedback and had really good attendances as well. Uh, we haven't seen Toowoomba, which is a surprise. Mm. Toowoomba is an area where we need to continue. Plenty of money. Yeah, with, well, with the AFL now and the Brisbane Lions setting up that multi-million dollar yep. facility at Springfield between yep. Brisbane and Ipswich. Yep. Rugby league, we need to start taking some NRL games to, to Toowoomba, which is in that Western Corridor. So, is there, yeah, is, what, ground, what ground would you play it at, though, the, the, Well, there's been plenty of NRL games over the years that have been played at the – One of the me. schools, is it? No, no, no. There's a, there's, a, there's a big ground up there okay. in Toowoomba that has hosted NRL games before. But it was, were they pre-season games, Sats? They no, no. Oh, they were yeah. competition points. Yeah, okay. absolutely. The Dragons and Gold Coast played up there one year. Okay. Um, sell out. Tremendous Sunday afternoon of rugby league, yeah, outstanding. Yeah, right. And I'd, I'd like, I'd like him to continue going further with this. I'd like to see some rugby league games in Cairns. If this continues, 
if the, if the rugby league continues to be hosted in Queensland, yep. I think Cairns deserves some games as well, mate, because they're, they're, their rugby league starved up there as well. And, and, and make no mistake, the AFL will take games up there. Clive, the Clive Berg office. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's a really no good stadium. But you're right. Cairns and Cairns also, when you drive into Cairns, yep. there's a lot of AFL grounds that are popping up. Absolutely, They're mate. doing a great job up there. Kazali Stadium up there mm. is, it's almost like, it's the equivalent to. GWS have taken games up there. Swans as well yeah. last year um, because of that was the whole COVID thing. Yep. And don't worry, that'll as as more and more teams are based in Queensland, that'll happen again. But it's very similar to Redcliffe. It's got the Leagues Club right there, beautiful facilities, great ground. Uh, yeah, we've got to get up there and play some games. Hey, what about this that broke uh, on Thursday afternoon? The ARL and the NZRL have withdrawn from the Rugby League World Cup. That's not surprising. It's just not safe. It's, they can't guarantee safety. This is massive news, but... In the rugby league world, it, it is huge news and will dominate for quite a while, I think, because the next decision will be, are they going to torpedo the Rugby World Cup altogether and maybe postpone it? Well, for there's really year? only one nation left, England. England, but yeah, you've got Samoa and Tonga and Fiji. Yeah. Uh, these other... These but I'm other, talking about draw cards. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, but yeah, Jack White was being interviewed on Thursday night, even though he didn't play in the Canberra Parra game. And the question was asked to him... If you were chosen, would you still go? He said, absolutely. And any player would, but the player's safety can't be guaranteed. That Freedom Day in the UK during the week, and I think you know, that's in, in the face of 50-odd thousand cases in one day. Yeah, that's an ongoing thing. Yeah, it? so I can see why they've made the decision, even though that we've seen these hubs that have been set up in professional sports. We've proven that you can keep players safe, uh, but just not, just not safe enough to, for the – New Zealand and Australian Rugby League to, to send their teams over there. So uh, what I – it's it's a huge – it was going to be a huge financial windfall for the UK and the International Rugby League in the UK as well, which is a, which is a shame. Yeah. And a lot of that money was going to go back to the second-tier nations as well. Yes, Samoas and Tongas and your Cook Islands and your Lebanon, these sort of second-tier nations. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Um, there are some saying – and Adrian Prasenko from the Sydney Morning Herald, he broke this late – Thursday afternoon about five o'clock and uh, we spoke to him on NRL Nation and he said there's a big chance we may not play another World Cup and we can't even guarantee that the next World Cup in 2025 will go ahead under the, the current. Surely they'll just reschedule it though. Like like they've well, maybe, at, maybe cancel that one and just do the whole. Do, do, do. Well, they're looking at postponing it a year like they did with the Olympics. Yeah, they're trying you to use still the have model. one in 2025 though. They're saying at the moment it could this this one not going ahead could it destabilize no. World Cups going forward? If it's not going to destabilize the Olympics, exactly. it's not going to. Well, they're trying to use that as an example, okay, yeah. at the moment, and and using the same model and the same protocol. Now with Australia, New Zealand, now it probably gives them a really good opportunity now to play a Trans Tasman. Do we go New Zealand, Australia? Samoa Tonga a- absolutely have played to. all in New Zealand yep. because New Zealand have been starved of rugby for two seasons. No, yeah, for two seasons. So I think it'd be great for Australia, New Zealand, Samoa and Tonga to maybe play some test matches in New Zealand. It's that time for an off the bench Friday night preview. Certainly is Storm taking on the Cowboys at uh, Queensland Country Bank Stadium uh, eight o'clock tonight. Um, let me throw out some stats for you, Sats, and you tell me who's going to win this game. And 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 I know Friday Thursday night football was really exciting and went down to the final play. And you've come in today and you've abused me, saying all you people saying about blowouts. 
tonight we're going back to normal. We're going back to a blowout. The Storm are playing a dollar three. Storm, will they rack up another forty points in a game uh, huh? by halftime? By halftime. By halftime. No. No. Will they rack up another 40? Potentially. I reckon with 20 to go, they'll have 40 points on the scoreboard. Yeah, they're just so clinical. They're so clinical. And um, the Cowboys are really struggling. Well, Hamaso Tabuai Fido, he's out. He's played his last game of the season. His appendix, yep. yeah. He's had an emergency appendectomy yep. on Wednesday. He's out for up to six weeks. So um, Drink water back to full back. Yep. I yep. don't mind that, actually. I think drink water's a yeah. good fullback. And, and our colleague Gary Belcher says he likes him at fullback. Yeah, he's um, he's he's a runner. Storm going for 15 wins in a row. Amazing. Cowboys have lost five in a row. Yeah, they're really struggling. But what they're doing, the Cowboys, that they're in the arm wrestle. But can they well, they're be- they're leading 12-0 last yeah. week. Can they be in the arm wrestle and sustain it for long periods of time with a team like the Storm? Well, some of the best teams in the comp can't do that. So... It's going to be difficult. Um, Cole felt he got he's got one more try to score a hundred tries in the NRL, which is a an amazing achievement. So, uh, with the Storm, Ryan Pappenhausen, well, he comes back onto the bench. That's a really good story. That it is, it's, and it probably deserves to come back on the bench. But we may see a shuffle. We may see Pappenhausen at fullback and Hines into the centres. Uh, but I, I anticipate that they won't rush Pappenhausen back in because he's their goal kicker as well. Um, for the rest of the season. So, yeah, well, yeah. Nico Hines has been doing a great job kicking goals. Oh, he's hardly missed any. So we don't know what role he's going to play. I think he'll play in the centres and Rima Smith will go to the wing eventually. Pappenhausen at fullback. What a terrible position to be in as a coach to have these these decisions you've got to well, make. Oh, Josh Adokar, Christian Welsh, come back into the team. Yeah. They didn't even play last week. No, they were rested after yeah. origin. Like, this, this is unbelievable. And remember, before Pappenhausen got that knock, mm. people like myself – and we're criticised for this, but we're saying, you know what? He could be the New South Wales number one. His form was sublime. Yeah, absolutely it it's, sublime. It's an amazing story, Nico Hines, of you know the the depths of depression that he he went through to be given an opportunity by Melbourne Storm, and in the space of eighteen months, nearly play Origin and and being so dominant in a. In sorry, a, I was talking a, about Pappenhausen. Oh, sorry, Pappenhausen. Yeah, but yeah. but but now Nico Hines is there. How yep. do you take him out of the well, team? Nico Hines came into the. That's what I was trying to allude to. Yeah. Sorry, that Nico Hines came into the Origin squad, yeah. and he's dominating at Origin level and dominating in a team yeah. that is usually the stars are the ones that stand out, and he's he's actually the star in the side. And yeah, you know, so it's the saving grace, Woogie, for the Cowboys is Cameron Munster. Felice Kafusi, Dalfanuk, and they're all being arrested. So with Munster being out, there is less of a threat when it comes to creating the opportunity. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, find it's someone, be tough for the cows. They always find someone to take that spot and step up and, and well, perform really well. They call it next man up. Yeah. You're the next man up. You're wearing the jersey. We've got these values and principles and there's these really simple roles that you've got to play. So just go out and do it. Have you ever seen a club do it that well? Uh, for a long period of time, no, I don't think we've ever seen outside of the Dragons in the fifties and sixties, who were winning competitions under the no tackle rule. Uh, sorry, the unlimited tackle rule. Yeah, uh, that's probably the last team that we've seen that was able to do it for long periods of time. The ones that were probably close enough to the Melbourne Storm, probably the Brisbane Broncos in the modern era. Yeah, right. And and everyone said with the rule changes it's going to it's going to kill off the melbourne storm they've they, just they adapted. went from the be- they went from the best wrestlers to now the best attacking team it's incredible isn't it oh. but their defense is fantastic oh the defense has always been 
are their their principal. Yeah. It's always been their primary role. If you're going to play at the Melbourne Storm, you've got to be a really good defender. And they've never swayed from that. So, And it's funny, like the Thursday night game, the Canberra Raiders won that game not because they can score more points, which they did, 12-10, but it's well, because you, yeah, they, had the ability, they had the ability to have a defensive mentality. And when you do that, your attack just flows. Defence wins premierships too, doesn't it? Rightio, that's our Friday night preview. I'm, I'm assuming Storm will win this and win this comfortably. I think Storm by 24. Rightio, this is Off the Bench. Scott Settler, Jason Matthews back in a sec with uh, Chris Nelson. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Passes there to Williams. Into space. Harrower and Knight a try, Canberra. Great pass, Sam Williams. Great run from Harrower and Knighter. And the first try of the night comes after 45 minutes. Williams out the back to Rapanut. Rapanut out of Sebastian Chris. Gets out of the tackle of Sebo. Gets out of another. And he's only four out from the line. Ten in from the far touchline. Plays the ball back. Rapanut out of acting half. Scores. There was no one there. He just ran from acting half and scored the try. Ten nil with a kick to come. The Eels have gone to sleep. Frawley is going to kick. Downfield, it's to the wing of Ferguson. Oh. And juggles and three gathers and brings it oh, back. That Straight him. through three of them. He's only got the fullback to beat Rappiner. He's got Brown on the inside. Kicks for him, it's too deep, is it? It's an awkward bounce. Brown chasing, gets a try. Wow. Dylan Brown won the race and scored the try. Five out from the line. 15 in from the eastern touchline. Now Paulo. It comes here to Smith. Smith to Gutherson. He's going to kick for Madison. Back there is Valamai, who went for the kick, got an air swing and dived upon by Matt Frawley. Goal line dropout. 10 out from the line. They lead 12-6. The Raiders over Parramatta. Last tackle. 10 out from the line. Crossfield kick. Arthur. Smith Shields leaping. Tap back by Parramatta. Papa Lee out the back to Gutherson. Sivo for the corner. Did he get it down? The corner post goes. He's claiming it. There's four Raiders there trying to force him. Touching goal. The referee says, we better check. Let's see what his signal is. He says... No try. Wow. Dylan Brown was offside from that kick, and he chased it all the way. Fair anyway, it? it's going to be awarded. I still think Wunga Blake was offside as well. And there it's awarded the try oh to Michael Sebo. Canberra lead by two. Nathan Brown with a juggle. Now to Arthur. Oh. Gutherson fighting past Sebo for the corner. And Sebo, did he get oh. it down again? Yes. Raiders flew from everywhere. We're going to check. There could have been a shoulder charge in there as well. Mike Sebo's been sprawled. Players go sliding into the advertising hoarding. No try, says the referee. Well, the Parramatta fans didn't jump. They didn't jump to celebrate. No. So, but, but, it, but we could also have a shoulder charge. Yeah. And what will that mean? It's going to be so a here's try. the decision from the referee. It's no try from the bunker, but the referee... Well, look, if, if well Clint no. Gutherson is blowing up. They're it, saying it's okay. The Canberra Raiders, who've had a tough year, get one that go their way. Full-time... 12 points to 10, the Canberra Raiders over Parramatta. There you have it, Saps. The Raiders winning 12-10 over the Eels in Thursday Night Football. Geez, that was exciting, that finish, wasn't it? Amazing. One of the one of the best finishes I've seen in a while. It came up with some really big plays. And to go down to that last play, Mike Aceva, who very rarely gets stopped that close to the try line, Diving in towards the corner and Jordan Rapiner just putting his whole body. Now, many were arguing it was a shoulder charge. It was an illegal shot. Was it going to be a penalty try? But he actually hit him with his hip. 
all of his hip and his side body and bundled him in the touch. It was an amazing game. Jordan Rappiner got our NRL Nation uh, Metricon three points, player of the year points. He was amazing playing fullback. Now they've had Bailey Simonson go down, uh, Charles Nickel Klukstar go down, young Xavier Savage go down. They're about to retire the number one jersey, and Rappiner was amazing. So mm. uh, it was a gutsy effort. It was built on grit, determination. It was an arm wrestle. It's what Canberra needed to do without some of their stars. They needed to get Parra into an arm wrestle and question their tenacity, and that's what they did. They questioned Parramatta's tenacity. And although the Parramatta got back into the game at 12-10, even though their, their try to Mike Acevo shouldn't have been given a try, Dylan Brown was about two metres offside from a, a cross-field yeah. kick. They still allowed the, the try to, go, um, to, to be given. Even though they got back to 12-10, they left their run too late. They had 70% of possession in the first half. They should have led Parramatta by 16 points in the first half. Had all their possession up Canberra's end, trying to um, trying to put pressure on their line. And, and Canberra just defensively kept turning up in numbers and just, just fighting for one another. It was a – it resembled Ricky Stewart as a player. He was so classy as a player. He's a good running, good passer, great kicker. But what Ricky was, he was a true competitor – and that was his that was his core strength, Ricky. And that's exactly the way that the Canberra Raiders played. They just had this competitive streak in them that they weren't going to they weren't going to be beaten. They were going to turn up in numbers, and that's exactly what they did. Very quickly, um, should Parramatta fans be nervous? Is this the Parramatta that happens every year? They start well, and they get to this time of the year, and they start to, they start to drop games. Mitchell Moses didn't play. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. Yeah, that hurts. He's got those little stress fractures in his back. I reckon he'll only miss a week. I think he just needs just recovery time doing nothing at the moment. Mm. Um, but in saying that, would he have made a difference in Thursday night? Yeah, he would have. He possibly would have made a difference with his control, the wit that he plays at his kicking game. But you've got to take your, you've got to take your chances and, and what's presented in front of you when you've, the opposition's got injuries like Parramatta did. Am I worried about Parramatta? Yeah, I am. I am. They just went through the motions Thursday night. They went through the motions and they just – they thought they were just going to eventually beat Canberra and Canberra would beat themselves. But how wrong they were, they came up against a determined Raiders side that played finals footy. All right, that's our review of Thursday Night Football here on Off the Bench. Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews, time to bring in Chris Nelson now. Uh, Racing Queensland update. Nelson, how are you, mates? Going very well, Jace. So you've, good morning to you. Good morning, Sats. You've never called him Nelson. I, it's normally Chrissy, <laughs> but I got told don't call him Chrissy. Oh, his, his manager rang me and said you are to stop <laughs> and call what? calling him Chrissy. Really? He doesn't like it. Mm. Um, uh, by the way, Queensland. I didn't your, know you. What? I didn't know you've been speaking to my wife. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Queensland is your place to race this year, mate. What's uh, happening with racing around Queensland? Oh, twilight this weekend. There's a twilight meet, isn't there? This weekend. Chrissy? <laughs> Satsy, I'm not sure where. where. There's one at Toowoomba. That's the, it. There is many Saturday nights. So, yeah, we've got Twilight at uh, Toowoomba. We have uh, Saturday at Doombin. We have Saturday at the Gold Coast. And we have Saturday at Mackay. It's Mackay Cup Day oh. on Saturday. So make sure you don't miss that one. Sunshine Coast on Sunday. And don't forget for the Harness fans, six. I thought it was four, but it's actually six group ones at Albion Park on Saturday night. Oh, I, I love the, the trots. I went to the Mackay Cup. One year, and I lost two days of my life. I can't remember the two days. <laughs> can't you? Oh, it was one of the it was one of the best race days I think I've ever been to. What well, this ha- this has happened? Well, how to do you remember? Lot. 
Yeah, mm. yeah, that's right. You sure yeah. you went? <laughs> I was talking to you about Palm Cove earlier, and you couldn't even remember a day no, you went to a, Palm yeah, Cove. festival up there. I can't remember it. God. Um, Chris, uh, everyone's standing by to get your tips. What do you like this weekend, mate? Because I've got to say, he was in outstanding form last weekend. He's been actually pretty consistent the last four or five weeks. I reckon he's onto someone who's a really good tipster, and he mm. just takes their tips. Mm. Is that true? Is that true, <laughs> Nelson? As long as it brings Could be. everyone's prospers from it, that's yes. all right. Gamble responsibly. That's right. What are your tips? Best bet, race seven, number four at Doombin in Dispensable. Been going really well since coming up here from Victoria. Uh, three starts for two seconds and a first. Probably should have been three wins if things had panned out. So you'll only get around even money, but I think that's one for your multis. Race seven, number four, indispensable. Race six, number 17, so clever from the Gold Coast. John Moore trains. Jaden Lloyd will ride, take three off. Two starts, two wins, both the same pattern. Straight to the front and just bounded away from them in the straight. Even if he doesn't lead here, he'll sit second or third from the good gate and he's going to be very hard to beat once again. So they're the best two. So did Bit you say, sorry, mate, race seven, number four, and race six, number 17, did you say? Yes, okay, it gets good. a run. It's an okay. emergency, but it gets a run. Okay. Uh, race, race one. Now, number seven, Mashani Diva. This is an interesting race, 1,600 metres, and all of these go to the 1,600 metres for the first time. Hinged is the favourite. It won at 13.50 last time. Archdeacon won at 1,400 last time. So they could be some risk. The way they won those races at a strong mile. This one really hit the line strongly at its second start. No one tips her to run a place. I think she's got a great chance. She's around $14, $15, and I think you should have something each way. So you race like one, number seven. Satsy yeah, loves those. Mashani Diva. Anything with... It's got to start with a three first. Anything above that. Well, this one I'm starts on with a one. Yeah, one, five. <laughs> okay. I love that's it. That's good. And what's your other uh, value bet, mate? Uh, we'll go to the last. Probably not really a lot of value, but race nine, number six, Ziemba, Rob Heathcote and Ryan Maloney combine here. Two starts this prep, two unlucky efforts, but still being third placed on each occasion. Good gate, just needs some daylight in the straight, and if he gets it, he should be beating these. So Ziemba... To bring us home a winner in the last for Ryan Maloney, who's all set to win the Jockeys Premiership. Rightio. So your best of the day is race seven, number four in Brisbane, then race six, number 17, and a couple of value, race one, number seven, and race nine, number six. All right, Chris Nelson, Queenslanders Racing. The action continues this week at Doombin, uh, the Gold Coast, Eagle Farm, Sunshine, everywhere. Toowoomba with the twilight meeting. Mind you, there's a twilight meeting every weekend in Toowoomba, by the way. I just love it. They're exciting. Because what happens is Sydney, Brisbane, and Melbourne finish. Mm -hmm. You've got a few left at Perth, and then that's when the Toowoomba races come in. It's when you chase. That's when when you chase chase the dollar. No, that's when you you build on your winnings. Yeah, that's right. Gamble Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Chris, hey, we'll catch up with you next week, mate. Look forward to it, guys. Have a great weekend. Time for a break. Sats on Off the Bench. When we come back, uh, Ricky Stewart caught up with you and Badge about life inside the bubble, uh, what it's like coaching your players and giving them a bit of space as well. Sitting next to him in the box next to him while we called the game Thursday night. Bulldog. Oh, sorry, the, yep. the Raiders up against Para. I love watching the coaches' reactions. Yep. Uh, he's one of the most exciting to watch. He just rides the emotional wave the entire 80 minutes. All righty. Uh, Ricky, next here on Off the Bench. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. The mighty Canberra Raiders, Ricky Stewart. G'day, Stick. How, how are you going in your... Uh, G'day, boys. How's the Gold Coast accommodation, mate? It's been good, Badge. It's a... Um, 
just uh, talking to you off air there, the NRL did a, a wonderful job in housing uh, so many teams and everyone's very comfortable and it's been, uh, it's, it's obviously unique but it's um, it's just what we need to do to keep the game alive and, and flowing. Yeah, and you kicked it off with a with a win so that of course makes it all the more um, enjoyable early. Yeah, it does and it, probably importantly it helps you uh, keep the, I suppose, the the vibe upbeat and everyone's uh, in, in in a good frame of mind. I mean, you know, it's like after a win, mate. It's it's always a uh, uh, a healthy environment, and that's mm. that's where it's been good this after this one. Stick um, when you got a few clubs at at where you're staying at the moment, the McCure on the Gold Coast. Are all the players yep. allowed to fraternise with each other, or you got to stay within your own club? <laughs> no, no. Um, we've got uh, there's three three. Uh, Corporate rooms up upstairs where there's three teams and there's two teams downstairs in the main reception area and three teams eat out of one buffet, two out of another buffet and uh, you just grab your food and you move into a conference area, team room, um, and then it's a uh, yeah you you're seeing a, uh, a different player, different coach every every day every time you walk outside or whatnot. It's it, look it's been fine and. You know, it's it's a little bit uh, different when you're running into other players and, and and staff that you don't really know and or you're your opposition. But everyone understands the situation. Everyone understands what's what's got to be done to keep the game going. And everybody has been um, terrific so far. And I know it's only early in the, the first week, but um, the attitude amongst every every club is where I'm staying has been wonderful. Yeah, Rick, it's it's unusual circumstances for coaches. It doesn't matter how experienced you are as well with all the teams going into these these bubbles and having them at your dis- uh, disposal for 24 hours a day, have you also got to be mindful of not overcoaching them? I'm oh, very, you know, there's the first thing, the first thing I said to all my uh, coaches um, pre-camp that uh, the last thing I need you to do is grab players uh, in downtime or grab someone in and around dinner just to say, I'll show you a few clips, etc. Um, I don't, I don't like overcoaching as it is. And we've got a great opportunity to overcoach in this environment but we certainly won't be it's something that uh, i've been real strong about to the coaches and 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 they're, they're experienced enough they, they understand what i mean and what we need to uh um, how we need to sort of process our, uh, our our training days and weeks so um that's very important that we don't overload players and and it's a continually ever-changing thing i'm sure as a coach and you're learning and you're changing stuff and you've had to do this on the run but what did you do after that that Performance that came out of nowhere, that smashing at the hands of the Titans a couple of weeks ago. How did you turn that around? Uh, and the effort was there. We just got beaten on the night, and that's happened in sport and the footy. We, we just got beaten by a better footy team on the night. And, um, it came out of the blue. Um, I didn't review it. We sat down and had a, had a very, very quick chat about it. We had a four-day turnaround going into Bowling last and I thought if I review this, I'm only going to be another day, uh, another day or so with the players where we're, we're all upset and disappointed. So we just had mm. to move on real quickly and find a little bit of fun in our uh, next three or four days of preparation. And a few blokes have stepped up since then, haven't they? Of course, that win over Manly and then the Sharks on the weekend. Um, young Xavier Savage, really looking, look, he's looking the goods, isn't he, at the back? Fastest fullback the Raiders have ever had, Batch. <laughs> no, <laughs> Brett Mullins. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Nagus. <laughs> I'm going to be about number ten now, right? Mate, um, <laughs> mate, uh, he's look. It's 
uh, it was fantastic. His uh, last couple of efforts, um, he has a um, uh, certainly a big job on his hands playing at fullback. We've had uh, a number of injuries there this year. He filled in at uh, probably a little bit earlier than we thought was uh, going to be Xavier's debut, but um, he's made a he's made a wonderful presence over the last uh, two games and. Um, He's he's got a lot of what you can't coach. He's got a lot of lot of speed, um, but now it's about a matter of teaching him how to uh, learn more about the game and the position. Yeah, Ricky, they're a lot more confident young players these days than when you first came into coaching. Absolutely, yeah. I've only just uh, I watch I watch players from other teams. I watch other play other players from my team and the way you know they're going into their third, fourth, fifth game. And I remember how I was and. They're far different today. They're a lot more confident um, and good on them. You know, they're confident in their own ability. They expect to be there. They're all very ambitious and they, you know, the, it's probably one of the hardest parts of coaching that uh, you've got players that you know aren't ready, but they're telling you that they are. And, you know, to try and explain to them the, the intensity and the, 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 the just, I suppose, the, the speed of uh, NRL is such a shock to them when they get there. But, uh, some are ready a lot earlier than you think, and uh, you sometimes got to uh, back their own opinions. Now, Rick, um, before we let you go, I want to know which player in quarantine, like in these these bubbles that you're in, which player in the team would be the least favourite to be roomed with? Well, <laughs> uh, they'd probably all say me. <laughs> um, I think they would. <laughs> yeah, mate, um, they've all got their own rooms, and uh, I think there's a lot of blokes who are very fortunate that... Uh, They've got their own rooms. They're very comfortable in that regard. But uh, um, Tommy Starling, mate. So I know actually Hudson Young. Maybe pest. Absolute pest. Yeah, I could see yeah, that. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Feel like his um, like coach when he played. <laughs> this is off the bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is off the bench NRL. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our off-the-bench footy tips. You're already uh, one from one so far this weekend, aren't you? Because you picked... Um... The Raiders? Yeah, well, you're yeah. going well anyway. Hey, listen, uh, let's get into your tips for the rest of rounds. Uh, what are we, 19 at the moment? Saturday mm. afternoon, 3 p.m. I'll be at this game. Rabbitohs versus Warriors at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Uh, I'm going to take the Rabbits. I think they'll be a little bit more clinical this week. They got challenged by the Bulldogs last week, and it was a bit of Cody Walker brilliance that they got them out of uh, out of trouble. Alex Johnston not playing. Latrell Mitchell back. Yeah, I think he'd be a lot better. And they like playing at Sunshine Coast. Every game they've played there, they've they've always put on a bit of a clinic. So seventy five percent crowd capacity in Queensland from yep. today. Was oh, it seventy five percent? Yeah, it's okay. seventy five from today, and you must wear a face mask even when you're sitting down, unless mm-hmm. unless. You're drinking and eating. So guess what I'll be doing, Satsy? <laughs> so I think I think the rabbits. I think the rabbits. Seagulls West Tigers, 5.30, first of the double header at Suncorp. Um, I'm going to take the Seagulls because they've got Jake Trevojevic back. He's got a pass the fitness test. Tom Trevojevic, Daly Cherry Evans. I'm really intrigued to see how West Tigers go. I think they'll really galvanise, like I said last week, being in this bubble together. I think they'll galvanise as a team. And they've got a really good run home, probably the best run home out of everyone in the competition. Yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm going to say Manly going to win. Um, just the effect that 
the Trebojevic's have on their teammates. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Panthers versus Broncos, the 7.35 game. The Broncos, well. Panthers Panthers will win that. Yeah. Broncos. How are they not 16th, the Broncos, when you've got the Bulldogs playing very – playing gutsy footy? Yeah, competitive. And the Broncos aren't. No, I know. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And then I think they're four points ahead of the Bulldogs as well on the on the competition ladder. So, mm. uh, yeah, but I think the Panthers won't have a problem. You know, Jerome Luai's back, still no clear. He, James Fisher-Harris is playing this week, but then he's going uh, to um, for the birth of his child, and he'll be yep. out for any up to three to four weeks because he's got a quarantine again. And they've got Tavita Pengai Jr. going there um, now, isn't he? He's going now. He's still got a one-game suspension. He has, yeah. So um, that'd be interesting. We, we didn't have time to talk about that today, but how the Penrith boys will react to having someone like him in the team when they're pretty close. They played a lot of junior football together, all those Penrith boys. I think it's got the ability to destabilise the playing group. Oh, I, I'm, I was thinking that, Sats. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a good not, call, no, but it's not, uh, hey, it's, listen. And that's not on Tavita as a person. I'm just saying an outsider coming outsider, in late. Yeah. And then when everyone comes back, you know, he's got to work his way into that side first and foremost. Absolutely. He's he not guaranteed a starting spot. He won't be handed spot. a yep. spot. But yep. if he does, there's players there that have got the ability to be a, you know, a little bit pissed off. Yep. Dragons, Titans. This is a great game. Yep. Double Titan, header, Seabus. Yeah, Titans are favourites, mate, but I, I don't think they deserve to be. And the Dragons, considering they had four out last week, how many out this week? Four? Serving uh, their suspensions? Four. They had four out last week. I think there's going to be another four this week. Mate. They were more than competitive last week. Yeah. Oh, I think the Dragons will win. And um, I just think defensively they've just got a better mindset than the – Yep. They're, they're sitting seventh, the Dragons. Yeah, Titans are 11. I, I, I think Titans are the biggest disappointment of the season I so far. Yeah, I agree with I, you. I think, yeah. Come on, boys, tackle. It's – it's just don't – It's a big part of the game. Yeah, that's right. It's the other part of the game. Um, and the Bulldogs versus the Sharks. Danger game, this one, for the Sharks, because the Bulldogs, as we said, yes, they're last on the ladder, but they're not playing like that. No, yeah, um, we're calling this game on Sunday afternoon, uh, Badge and I. Really looking forward to this game, actually, to be honest. I, I like what the Bulldogs threw up last week. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think they'll have enough to beat the Sharks. I just think just a little bit too much speed, the Sharks. Before we go, on Off The Bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports? All right, mate, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, well, so Saturday afternoon and we've got the women's 4x100 freestyle, freestyle relay. Now, Laurie Lawrence, we spoke to him during the week, yep. you and I, yep. and he said that the Americans could start racing Friday yep. and we'd still beat them in the yep. 4x100. That's how short price favourites were to win the gold. So I'm really looking forward to watching the women's 4x100 freestyle relay just to see just to see if they fire a shot over the bow and break a world record in the in the heats. Interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the Rabbitohs and the Warriors at um, at uh, Sunshine Coast Stadium. Horrible, I love it. Horrible drive back from Sunshine Coast, isn't I'm it? I'm staying, mate. I'm staying oh, in yeah, the really? Oh, nice. I'm, I'm living the high life, but my wife thinks she's going to the markets on Sunday morning. But Shan't be happening. Well, they're not on. They're on Saturday morning, but I can't oh, tell her is that. Is that the Monday market? Yeah. Yeah, great market. Yeah, well, you, they're on your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, funny. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the Olympics as well. All right, have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, this has been Off the Bench at our Real with Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews. We will be back next week. Go!